0: So there is a full list of our clubs and societies on the the SG website. The Taylor Swift Society has just started, lads. Any interest, or am I the only one who would give
1: that a go? I have a, I have a lot of interest in Taylor Swift. That <laughs> de- definitely, <laughs> uh, it would definitely appeal to me. But on the basis of what I'm thinking, I'm going to say around 247.
0: Oh, that is that is a
2: big number. Like, that is big.
1: But the question is, who's right?
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Queen's University Life at the Lanyon podcast. For those that don't know, the Lanyon building at Queen's sits right in the heart of our campus and it's one of the best known beautiful buildings around Belfast. Today we are joined by a couple of guests who are going to talk to you about our topic of clubs and societies, Find Your Thing, and this podcast is all about giving you an insight into what university life is like so that you can make those informed decisions about whether or not you want to come and study with us. My name is Raymond Miller. I'm the undergraduate recruitment officer here at Queens and we've a couple a couple of representatives from uh, different clubs and societies across the university. So if, guys, if you want to introduce yourself.
2: Well, I'm Joe. I'm the president of the uh, Dragon Slayer Society. Nice to be here.
1: Thanks, Joe. And hello Raymond. I am Niall Jackman. I'm the sports clubs development officer for the SU at Queens University.
0: Our our guests may not be aware here and our listeners that there are over 220 clubs and societies at Queens. Are you comfortable that you guys are the representative for 220 clubs and societies right now? Certainly not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, there's just like so many of them that you can't really account for them with two people.
0: They are, I know. But I know. we'll try our best to sure
2: cover the bases.
0: Now, you only have to, you represent about 50, 65, 55 sports clubs. Is that kind of...
1: Yeah, I think currently, Raymond, post-COVID, we're probably etching back up to the pre-COVID figures of about 61, 62 active sports clubs. Um, That had dropped off a wee bit obviously yep. through closures and through obviously sporting restrictions over that time and a few have failed to kind of recover from that but yeah and around the 60 mark now is where we're sitting.
0: So around 60 um, and in total there's 220 between the societies and the clubs across the campus. Let's talk about a few of those um, in a bit more detail but before we do there are different types. So we have sports clubs primarily playing sport and um, we have societies what would maybe be described as pastimes or hobbies or interests yeah. um, and then we have academic societies as well so those generally would be uh, where you're, you're meeting with people who are maybe studying the same course as you or have the same interest in terms of the, the academic stuff and those aren't just societies that you know the law society doesn't just talk about law they will have social events and stuff as well so those are kind of the three main societies and clubs we would have here at Queen's the first one I want to talk about then is the Dragon Slayer Society. Joe, yes, give us a wee bit more information about what well, you guys do. Well, it's
2: sort of like a bunch of different stuff rolled into all one society. It's like gaming, board games, um, anime as well would be part of it, and it would just be a sort of all in one. So you can do one thing, start playing games, and then maybe swap over to board games and stuff. It's good fun, like
0: excellent. And are there many kind of members within your society?
2: There, it's one of the bigger ones actually. There's quite a quite a few. I think last
0: year the count was about four hundred. So that's a big society. One of the bigger ones, yeah. And the name Dragon Slayers, I'm gonna guess some sort of origin from Dungeons and Dragons, or am I way off?
2: Yeah, it's sort of founded back when those sort of RPGs were really big. They're still big now. Like we obviously do Dungeons and Dragons and Dragonslayers, like
0: sounds like a a good society. Nah. Some more some sports clubs that we have now, obviously with more, you know, well-known ones, GAA, hockey, rugby, um, Underwater hockey, I noticed was on the list. Tell me about underwater hockey. What is it, and how yeah. did I get involved?
1: Um, not not my biggest background uh. <laughs> in terms of awareness and understanding of that particular sport. It's not it's not where where uh, my tradition lies in sport. But uh, yeah, underwater hockey. It's been uh, a pretty popular sport at Queens um, for the last number of years, certainly since I've been in post. Um, we have a diving pool. We're fortunate enough with great facilities, obviously at Queen's, um, as you know, Raymond, in the PEC, so we have the diving pool. Um, and I think the crux of underwater hockey is that uh, we get a group of keen students that are uh, happy enough to be submerged in water for um, a prolonged period of time. And, and they they have a wee stick and puck. Yeah, they've it? got a wee, uh, a wee ho- underwater hockey stick and puck and it's played along the surface um, of, the, of the diving pool. And uh, it might be the diving pool, actually. It might just be the, the general because I think the point. diving pool is a bit deep. Sometimes they would train across both Um but yeah, popular sport and it's always gained kind of good attention and membership figures over the yeah. years.
0: Another society that I want to touch on is, uh, as I say, more kind of the academic side of things. So you can join, for example, um, the Law Society, as I mentioned there, and they have um, formals and balls throughout the year that you can attend. They will have different social events, but then they will also have guest speakers that would come in as well. So the academic societies cover both social aspects and more informative stuff as well. Um, another kind of sports club that kind of I thought to myself my goodness what is that Sub Aqua Club we're kind of going on a, on a water theme here I did not mean to go down the water theme what is the
1: Sub Aqua Club I suppose we're in Ireland on the <laughs> island of Ireland there's plenty <laughs> yeah. of it about like, so um, yeah Sub Aqua again they would they'd they have a couple of different strands to their club as well um, regarding obviously you know deep diving uh, sea diving qualifications in, in, in lifeguarding and things like that as well would all come into play there so students that might want to add a few strings to their bow um, I know they put emphasis on that in their development plans to try and get uh, students trained up in those particular areas um, and I, I suppose like any club um, SubAqua it has the opportunity for travel, um, sometimes to warmer climates than, than Northern Ireland, of course. Um, anywhere where there's water and a wee bit warmer temperature. And again, as you've already touched on, you know, like like so many of our clubs and societies, the social element is there. The opportunity to meet new people, learn new skills, gain new qualifications. Um, Subac was definitely one of those clubs that would embody all of that. So, um, yeah, fantastic club to have on offer here at Queen's and um, just one of many.
0: Definitely one of 200, over <laughs> 220. Um, are you part of any other clubs societies, Joe? Or I'm any of your just friends? part of Dragon
2: Slayers, but. Any there's a friends? few others that, yeah, a few friends are in a bunch of different ones.
0: Excellent. Any any you want to mention that would be interesting for our listeners?
2: I'm not sure, though. I know it's mostly just the academic societies that they're of subject, so it's like chemistry society. Yeah, and those physics. are popular ones. Those are big, yeah.
0: Definitely. Another one that I was looking at, so there is a full list of our clubs and societies on the, the SU website. The Taylor Swift Society has just started, lads. Any interest or am I the only one who would give that a go?
1: I have a lot, I have a lot of interest in Taylor Swift would da- <laughs> <definitely>, <laughs> uh, it would definitely appeal to me um, as far as I'm aware that's a relatively newly ratified society It is, it um, is. they're very new they actually had their first event
0: a few weeks back where they had a karaoke night solely singing Taylor Swift songs That so, doesn't
2: even sound that bad is the thing. It sounds good <laughs> that, that sounds good yeah. Yeah. So
0: I think the point we're trying to get across here there's a wide range You know, yeah. if you want to focus on academic stuff if you want more informative societies if you want to go for your interests or your sporting ability or if you Taylor, wanna, Swift. Taylor Swift. Um, there's a whole range of things that you can choose. Um, and you know, that's that's such a plus point when it comes to university, because yes, you're focusing on your your degree and getting that degree, but there's that side of things outside of um your your studies that you can do. In terms of joining a club or society, so if we have listeners here that really want to join Dragon Slayers yeah. or any of the sports clubs, how do you actually go about joining a club or society, Joe?
2: You would typically just there's obviously the website or social medias of the club where you can just get a sort of link or something, or you could just rock up at one of the sessions if you know what's happening.
0: Yeah, so and I suppose follow their social media channels and get in contact with them that way. Yeah. Um, at the start of the year, there tends to be a big freshers' fair. So for those that don't know, it's like all first years gather together and all the clubs and societies will showcase what they do. And there's an opportunity there to sign up for clubs
1: and societies as well. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, I would really recommend going actually because that's how I actually joined Dragon Slayers in the first place. Through the Freshers' Fair?
1: I mean, Freshers' Fair is one of those events. It's it opens up just the wide world of possibilities for students um, and what exists in Queens. You know, yes, we have all this information online. We have all this information on social media. um. But obviously Freshers' Fair is one of the, the pinnacle events for for new students, for all students every every single year. And when you can actually get out in person, it's, a, it's very much a carnival atmosphere. Yeah. You know, there's always bits and pieces. There's fun and games on around the whole event itself but you're going from stall to stall, table to table, and you're realising, you know, there's clubs, there's societies here that you'd never heard of maybe before that you thought, you know, when you were younger, maybe you had a passing interest of giving that a go, and then all of a sudden it's your first opportunity to do that. And with on those stalls, Raymond, you'll have representatives and committee members from those clubs and societies that'll be willing to, you know, walk you through what the club's about, when they train, when they meet, when their activities take place, um, give you a bit more background and, you know, there is no one that uh, sets a certain level of expectation in terms of experience every club and society that we have in Queen's are are open to new members and that's really important so basically anything that tickles your fancy if you you come to a Freshers' Fair event you know the the world's your oyster
0: and is there a limit like I mean Time is a limit there. If you joined every yeah. single cover society, you're not going to be able to do it. But there, in essence, there's no limit. No, in and essence, you,
1: you know, practically there's there, there's no limit at all. You can join every single one of them um, if you them. want. You've got to be sensible though with your time. Um, what we would recommend to all students is that uh, you get a feel for things. You know, in the first few weeks for everybody. You know, particularly freshers, it's. Um, you know, coming to a new university, starting a new course, you've got to find your feet and see what time you have to spare. Um, academia is obviously, you know, the, you know our, our primary right. goal for yeah. being at university, so that's that's what we have to kind of work around. But see what you like and see what you can dedicate your time to, and definitely, you know, alongside the clubs themselves, we also work closely with Queen's Sport w- with regards to the club element of it, and um, for active campus taster days. So rather than just jumping straight in. Um, to a certain club or activity that you feel you might want to sign up to for the year, it gives you an opportunity to, to, to come first. and have a go first. Um, but yeah, in essence, there's there's no limit. Another limit, maybe for
0: some, is is there a cost to jo- to join in these? Do you guys charge anything? Yeah, in terms there's of a,
2: just a small fee for the year, maybe five for students, ten for non-students, sort yeah, of thing.
0: and that's kind of to cover your
1: running costs throughout the yeah, year. Yeah,
2: and it's for the whole year as well, so it's.
1: I mean, that's a pretty good membership. That's not fee. a bad <laughs> membership fee at all. A lot of our clubs and societies will go down that route, Raymond, but there are a good portion of our clubs and societies that Free. don't that waive membership yeah. fees. So it's completely at the discretion of the club and the committee. Um but as Joe rightly points out, you know, it's it, it's a way of getting, you know, so much needed funds into into the club so that they can meet their development plan targets and do what they actually want to do throughout the year. But it's, you know, probably on average it it is around the five pound mark for the year that most clubs and societies charge. And you mentioned
0: the committee a couple of times there. Um, now you obviously sit on the committee, yeah. Joe. You're the president. What other roles would fall under that? And and people joining the club or society don't necessarily have to join the committee straight away. You can be a general member yeah. and then they work towards becoming a committee member. Yeah, exactly. So what roles are within the Dragon Slayers?
2: Well, within Dragon Slayers, there's the sort of executive committee, which is like the president, the treasurer, and the um, secretary. But under that, there's like smaller roles that sort of micromanage like the different sections of the club. So it would sort of be like um, RPGs, so Dungeons and Dragons gaming. There'd be uh, anime as well. There'd be board games. There'd be all
0: sorts of stuff like. So there'd be kind of committee members that would organize those specific events.
2: Specific events,
0: yeah. And the three you mentioned there would that be typical? Now would you need to have your president, your secretary, and what was the other one? The, the treasurer. Treasurer. Those are the main ones, would the, they? Be?
1: Yeah, those are your three essential uh, executive committee positions, Raymond. So every club and society to be ratified and to be classed as an active club or society at Queens, you'll have to have those three uh, committee positions in place and filled. Um, and as Joe rightly points out, you know, particularly for the larger clubs that have a lot more going on, it's a good idea to delegate and create maybe subcommittees. Um, you know, for example, some of our larger sports that would have, you know, a wide variety of equipment. You might have an Equipments Officer there, you might have a, a Logistics Officer if there's a club that does a lot of travelling for their events or their competitions, um, and you might have like vice or as- assistant roles to each of those positions as well, and it's not creating rules for the sake of creating rules. If there's a need for it, we encourage it and we recommend it, and it's also an opportunity. There, there's no expectation on anybody that joins a club or society to get involved with the committee. But, you know, the, the benefits of, of moving into a committee position or a, support committee, a supporting committee position uh, is massive. And we, we always get that feedback. I'm sure Joe would say the same yeah. in terms of your personal development, career exactly, development. yeah. It all lends itself really well to that. So there's opportunity for that uh, virtue of being in a club.
0: Definitely. So you're having fun, you're doing something you enjoy and you're also developing those skills. Um, Effectively making yourself more employable in a way as well. By, yeah, by doing that. there's a
2: lot you could probably write down in a CV or something if you've been a part of a committee. like
0: Certainly, and I suppose a lot you can kind of talk about as well. There's, there's probably days where you're organizing an event and you exactly, have to yeah. um, react to things that are going on. So, no, that's definitely really good. Now, I want to speak, I suppose, more specifically about sports clubs now. Um, and we've, we've covered off that there are around 65 sports clubs. Generally, year to year, would you get many new clubs forming? or you know sports kind of have a there's only a finite number of sports so can yeah. cover off the most of those
1: <laughs> i thought that too until, oh. <laughs> <laughs> until I on my post. no i mean you get some weird and wonderful clubs you know and since i you know i consider myself you know my background has been sport you know both uh in my private life and then obviously you know my career made my, my degree at university it's all been related around sport um and i'm still taken aback at by you know certain classifications of sports clubs that 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 come to us and say, look, we want to set up a, a club. Like for example, aerial sports, um, which I never really would have had much knowledge of. Um, strand of gymnastics. Um, I, I'm I'm that's new to me. Aerial sports. Aerial sports. So it's the. Um, I, I want to be very correct with my language here, but I know I'm going to let myself down a bag full, But it's those big circular rings. Okay. Yes. Uh, that you would see in artistic gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the likes of pole dancing. Would would fall polar under. size would fall under that there, um. So we had a group of students that came to us about four or five years ago, just pre COVID, and um, That got that set up and became really popular, uh, very very quickly, and they've managed to sustain a few blips in terms of committee and and obviously the whole COVID issue with changeover of committee, but it's it's managed to to kind of steady itself out again, um. And obviously great for health and fitness and people with a particular niche interest in that end of sport, um. Then we've obviously got our more what we would classes culturally significant and popular sports the likes of our five academy sports which is gaa rugby rowing soccer and hockey um and in terms of the
0: so obviously they're well established sports priority sports for queens as they have academies attached to them And i suppose for an understanding for for people watching and listening and um, those five sports will have coaches for each team you'll have umpires every week um, you have support from the gym and the, the sports facilities. So they really are prioritised to try and develop those clubs because they are significant clubs for the university. Yeah. Is that kind of a good summary? Yeah,
1: and I mean, it's not it's not um, uh, to be elitist or yes. to be discriminatory against any other club. It's just the cultural significance of those sports on the island of Ireland, the popularity amongst both local and international students for those sports as well. Um you know, and a big a big driver for these um, academy status sports is obviously the alumni and the past members' unions that are in there, supported financially, supported in 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 terms of coaching and and volunteerism. Um, there's a massive drive there, and I wouldn't say e- easier run clubs. But certainly more people willing to get involved and more, and easier easier to run in that regard. I mean, you're never going to be too shy of numbers. of coaching or numbers, yeah. etc. So, um, they get a lot of support and then obviously on a performance pathway element of things, um, we're lucky enough that we have a few of those clubs that consistently do well year on year at third level competition. Um, which is a big obviously drive and, and promotion for the university. Definitely,
0: I suppose one of those just because I mean I play the sport and understand it. Recently, the. Uh, the hockey, the men's hockey team won the Ulster League. I know the, the ladies have won the Ulster League a couple of years recently as well. Um, that's maybe in part down to a new pitch that was put down a couple of years ago. So in terms of facilities, there are really good facilities for for our sports clubs. Um, we, we, we
1: literally have world-class facilities, Raymond. I mean, we have teams, particularly the hockey, as you mentioned. Um, absolute state-of-the-art hockey pitches up at the dub there in Upper Malone. Um, we have, you know, professional teams and international teams that are coming from the world over to use it as a training base. Um, so it, it's a massive draw. Anybody that comes and plays in those pitches, it's the best surface they've ever played on. Yeah. Um. Alongside the first class, obviously changing facilities. You know, we've got the pavilion up there at the the Dub campus so, as well. So
0: that Upper Malone, the Dub, that's your hockey. GAA, soccer and rugby pitches would yeah, all be there.
1: That's that's basically the hub for four of our five academy yeah. sports. Then obviously we've got a rowing who are based out of the, the boat, boat club house. at Stramillis.
0: So if you're interested in rowing, that is actually based right on the river Lagan. So you're getting that opportunity to get out onto the water. Exactly. Um, Which is, you know, you don't want to be stuck in a rowing machine if you want to do some rowing. No, exactly. So having that facility is brilliant. And I suppose the other thing to mention is that there is the, the physical education centre. So that is um, a centre that we have on campus here. It's just... About a five minute walk away from the the main Lanyon building, and in there you have loads of facilities for maybe more activity based um programs, so weightlifting, mm-hmm. um swimming. Uh, there's basketball hoops, there's climbing walls, all those sorts of things. If you just want to get physically active, yeah, and you don't necessarily want to do a sport, that is an option for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and, and that would uh, be a big part of our active campus programs that are run by Queen Sport there. Um, as you say, you know, getting involved and and things like, you know, uh, social table tennis, social badminton, yeah, uh, programs like that that, that, that maybe and it's a good intro then into the clubs that are on offer. You know that it hosts. The vast majority of our indoor sports uh, would train out of the the PEC. Um, But also probably important to mention our brand new Elmwood One building as well, which has been a game changer for all of our clubs and societies because we have so many collaboration rooms, meeting rooms. Um, We have the Mandela Hall obviously has been revamped and and in there, which is a great space for the likes of awards events and for social nights out as well. Yeah, and we
0: discussed that actually just in the previous podcast. We were talking about... um, the Students' Union and one Elmwood and everything that, that has to offer. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to our previous uh, podcast as well. Yeah. But it is an amazing facility. Unbelievable. Um, speaking of facilities, then, so the sports clubs, primarily uh, you're talking PEC, Upper Malone, Boathouse, and then some of them would go kind of other places. For the societies, where do they tend to meet, Joe? Uh, Typically
2: just in, you know, the SU building, as you were saying. Yeah, there, one Elmwood there. Would do you just book out some rooms, you know, meet up, have a sort of set date or time or whatever?
0: And if you guys are gaming, for example, would you just bring stuff along, plug it in? Yeah, we sort of
2: have our own little thing in the store. We would just bring it out of there and then I know people can bring their own stuff if they want to set up their own stuff, but we will have like consoles and stuff to set up.
0: Excellent. And then I suppose other clubs and societies that, you know, there's 220 of them, they can't all meet in one Elmwood. What other spaces or social spaces are they tending to meet in? Um, Is it just across the campus?
1: I I so outside of the of what we've already spoke about, some of our clubs, um, if they don't, I mean the majority obviously we we do we are able to accommodate. um, Our our tennis club, for example, would um, have links with some of the local tennis facilities in Belfast as well. Um, uh, Badminton as well, the likes of Lisburn Rackets, they would have some events out there as well. Uh, So we do try and you know a lot of our clubs via their. NGBs, which is their national governing bodies for their yeah. sport, they would link in with, you know, development staff that are in there if they struggle for, you know, So I say if they struggle for for um, accommodation of all of their teams a lot of our clubs because they're so popular, they, they grow and they grow and they grow and our committees try to cater for those as much as possible, sometimes that means reaching out for a bit of help um, off campus, so wide variety I mean, we've got a sailing club at Queen's which yeah. is very popular, they uh, work primarily at a bangor yacht club so you know again just linking in with the local community and you know the facilities that we have on offer uh off campus as well so it's not it whilst it primarily is is centralized on campus there's a lot of links into community uh, facilities as well excellent
0: and that would i i would say go with the societies as well if they can't find social spaces across the campus they can maybe link in with local community centres or other uh, areas if they need to meet up in bigger spaces. But primarily those would be happening kind of on the Queen's campus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when it comes to actually starting a club or society, how would you go about doing that? We mentioned earlier that there's, you know, you, some of them kind of, fall away and then they regenerate again based on committee members and stuff yeah for your society joe how, were you there for the for the founding of the dragon Slayers? no
2: sadly not it was quite a while before my time actually but so um, it's been
0: quite an established club for it's been for an established society. club for a while yeah. yeah and when you when you first got involved kind of um do you know kind of the history of how it started or who started yeah.
2: it? it was started sort of in the actually in the 80s quite a while back like it's one of the older societies i'd probably reckon
0: um, was there a founding member? Was there a, a a person that you, the the chief dragon slayer, the first dragon slayer? There or?
2: probably is, but I wouldn't know their name. You wouldn't know their names. You know. know
0: Um, no. So there is, yeah, you know, there is that element that if there's a club or society that doesn't
1: exist already, you can't start your own club or society now, is that right? Yeah, I mean, basically, Raymond. Any anything. Um that a student has a, a public interest or a, a private interest in. in I'll give you one
0: good example because we had another guy on one of the podcasts who started the Rubber Duck Appreciation Society. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorites. Well, unbelievable. Yeah. And I was chatting to him this guy called Tim and he does activities with rubber ducks. So whether they be well-being stuff, so he's done like painting with rubber ducks or I think he was doing archery with rubber ducks.
1: So he just incorporates rubber ducks into, into the, like all of the other stuff. Activities. Yeah. I so, think one of the most recent ones we've had come in there that I was very, my ears pricked up when I heard it was a couple of guys came in to speak to uh, our society's development officer about setting up the beer and barbecue society. Sounds good. Which is timely, um, <laughs> if you know, at this time of year. Definitely. But um, yeah, so and, and like, that's literally what it is. If you have an interest in, you know, virtually anything and you've got enough support around it, you come to us in the SU. Um, if it's a sporting club, you would come directly to me. If it's a, a society issue, you would you would go to our society development officer um, or Alice Devlin, who is the clubs and societies manager, bring your idea forward. Initially, the way that process usually works, Raymond, is that we would try and initiate a bit of a meeting and a chat with you to see what your ideas are for the club or society. Um, check there's, not, there's no similar club or society that exists that you're kind of overlapping with. Um, and... Yeah, then basically take you through the process of how to get that club or society ratified. There's a few st- uh, sets in of minimum requirements there. In terms
0: of that, is there, you know, is there funding you have to apply for? Is there there's committee members you have to get in place? What are the key components to making a conversation okay, so work?
1: Key, the key components is we need a minimum um, of 15 student members interested in making it happen. Out of those 15, or in addition to those 15, you would need to have three willing committee members like we talked about before um, your chair your secretary and your treasurer we would uh, work with you around creating a development plan which basically outlines what your goals are for the year what activities you want to take part in what socials you want to include what is the aim of the club what is the aim of the society um, that would all go down in a, a development plan you'd have to write a constitution for the club or society based obviously um, very much in line with the, the SU constitution again we would help you with that and then once it's all kind of formulated and together and we have those bits and pieces in place, you would pitch that to the Student Union Standing Committee Council, which meet uh, roughly about six times per year. So once your proposal has been okayed by ourselves, that'll go forward to the Standing Committee. Uh, typically the students will speak for you know a minute or two about the club, they'll answer a few questions and then ultimately it'll be the decision of the Standing Committee whether the club is ratified or not.
0: I think the thing to get across there is whether a few steps to that yeah you mentioned a couple of times there there's support from you guys all the way yeah. all the way through that so it's not you're going to be thrown in the deep no, end you be supported through that because ultimately we want our club and societies to, to bring something to the campus um, and to bring something to the wider student body and ultimately to like yourself Joe, yeah. to allow you to enjoy the experience of doing it and gain skills and um, employability skills as you do it as well so all those key components are really really important Um so it can be done if you're out there and you're thinking. I've looked at the list. I'm really interested in something that doesn't exist. You can come to Queen's and start your own club or society. And that is completely an option open to you. So on this podcast, we have a section where we talk about a few myths and we try and bust those myths. So I'm going to read out a couple of statements. And if you guys can kind of give me your opinion as to whether or not those are true or false or, or, or yeah. otherwise. So the first one, um, Joe, you'd probably be best placed for this one. Yeah. Clubs and societies take up all your time while you're at uni and they distract distract you?
2: Well, it would depend on how many you join, to be honest. Like if you joined every society and went to every event, you would probably get distracted by that. But if you just joined like maybe one or even two, and within reason sort of went to their events, did the stuff, it wouldn't be too bad. It would mostly be like one or two days a week or something.
0: Are you obviously um you're kinda new to the role of president, so yep. have you noticed a bit more time that you have to give to be in the president of the yeah. downstairs and you have to balance that with your studies, I imagine?
2: Yeah, compared to being like non committee, committee is a bit harder. But it's still honestly manageable to be a
0: committee member and to get done with your studies like. And probably rewarding as well It is that.
2: actually. It's hard work, but it is rewarding, look. Like.
0: Definitely, no. That's great. The next one: um, only Queen students can join clubs or societies. Now, what would you say on that one? Is that true? Is it just for Queen students?
1: No, it's it's not just for Queen students, but obviously that's primarily that's our focus. You know, we're we're an institution that focus on our, our student body, um, and you know, primarily that's that's what our clubs and societies are for. But you'll find that a lot of our clubs and societies. Um, Except as what we classify as associate members, so that could associate members could be anybody from a student at another university, um, or a member of the general public, um, a member of staff, a member of staff as well. Yeah, Taylor Swift Society. Taylor Swift. Robert I think, I think me and you are going to sign up. We're coming yeah, your way. <laughs> Joe's there too. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, and and that's great as well. Uh, I, I know we have a lot of that throughout the likes of the active campus programs that the Queen's Sport. Uh, put on where you know when those we isolated programs you have staff and student kind of mixing together. There there are a lot of clubs and societies where staff and students can mix together as well. Um, so yeah, it's it, there's there's a blurb I should mention on our website. You, you touched on it earlier on, on our QUBSU website, where we have an A to Z list of all of our clubs and within the majority of blurb's of, of the two hundred and twenty plus clubs and societies they'll probably outline you know who they do and, and who they don't accept but uh, a, a lot of our clubs are open to associate members so you mentioned there and i've mentioned it a few times
0: 220 plus this last one is not quite a myth buster it's more a quiz yeah the one question quiz one question quiz both competitive guys you play sport you do gaming yeah. so here we go i looked at the list last night. And there is an official number. We keep saying over 220. Don't test me, Raymond. What Don't is the current official number of clubs and societies at Queen's? Joe, I'm going to let you go I'm first. I'm just going
2: to throw it a guess and say 226.
0: Okay. Are you sure?
2: No, <laughs> okay. but
0: it's uh, just a guess. Now, what is our list looking like? How many? Did you get this off the website? The the Alice told me that the website's just been updated, so this is fresh off the off the press.
1: This is the official number right now.
2: I mean, 220 plus, you've got a 1 in 10.
1: I'm going to say, because I think a few may not be, I'll get into the intricacies of what and why active club status or active society status is there. But on the basis of what I'm thinking, I'm going to say around 247. Oh, that is, that is a big number. Like That is big. But the question is who's right? Who's closest?
0: So yeah. the <laughs> official number currently is 230, according to the website. Right, okay. So Joe, well, so I'm done. a
2: bit closer, you, but you take that one. They should just call it
0: 230 then instead of 220 plus. But well, there you go, 230 as of the website. But I mean, I suppose it's important to know, as you mentioned earlier, that can change, and there's different yeah. statuses. So as a club, a club could be um, quite popular for a number of years, and then that committee maybe graduates and moves on, and it might take a year or two for for that club or society to to regenerate
1: again. Yeah. Is there an example of a sports club that that's happened to recently? There's loads of examples, um, and you know, so probably the, the best example I would give, um, and it's probably a pitch out there to anybody that's listening. We one of our most popular and successful clubs that we've had in recent years was the Queens Triathlon Club. Um, COVID, like so many other clubs and societies, it, it hit that club really, really hard. Um, and when you don't have the opportunity to get, you know, uh, a proper handover from one committee to the next any club, regardless of how popular um, it is or what their status is in terms of uh, where they are in the development pathway at Queen's. It's almost going to be like starting again. It's, for it's like least. starting again. And uh, you know, ultimately, if we don't have anybody to take over the leadership of the club, a.k.a. the yeah. executive positions, it, it falls away. So on the plus side of that, th- those more popular sports, they tend to kind of find a way back. Cricket would be an example of that. Cricket has like been on and off since I have uh, join queens and again that's because there's that you know it probably is you could class that as a culturally popular sport in the island of ireland as well and there will always be somebody coming back with interest in that so again if it's a club that has or a society that has fallen away and you want to reinvigorate that we tend to keep things what we class as dormant on the system and and open there for somebody to step in for a bit of two-year period and then after that two-year period we basically dissolve the club in the hope that still somebody will come back at some point in the future and set it up again.
0: So opportunity to join an already active club, opportunity to start a new club, and opportunity to set up a, or re, re, reinvigorate, reinvigorate
1: a, a, dormant a dormant club. Reinvigorate a club that's going
0: to be sitting as dormant. So loads of opportunities there. And you get
1: plenty of support with all that, Raymond. Yeah. Like literally, we can, we'll be with you all all, all, this, all steps of the way. The Clubs and
0: Society sits within the Students' Union uh, at Queen's. And the students' union have award ceremonies every year, and we recently had our award ceremony. And Joe, not only are you winning the, the winning the one question quiz, yeah, I've won the, but the Dragon Slayers this year won Society of the Year. Let's give you a round of applause, thank there, you, Jill, well done. Um, talk to us about that. How how did you have to do anything to be nominated for that, or were you nominated from the the students' union themselves? The students'
2: union had a bunch of just sent out a bunch of nominees to the uh, nominations and stuff. But it was sort of because we'd be running events for the year like so you would have to put in stuff to try and be
0: in those nominees but and were you, were you running you know quite a large number of events yeah engaging with lots of students
2: we had sort of record-breaking numbers with 400 plus members we were doing events pretty much like
0: every, every week, week essentially yeah. yeah for ages so so that was recognized and Yeah. I assume there was an award ceremony. You got a wee dinner. Got a yeah. a trophy w- sitting on your mantle at home, Joe. I think everyone
2: got around and had the got a wee picture with a trophy, like. But excellent.
0: It it is fun, like to get society yeah, like. I know, and it must be good. You know, we talked about the benefits of of being a part of a club or society, but getting that recognition as well for yeah. the good work you've done, I'm sure, was was really nice. Um, so yeah, there's an opportunity there to kind of win awards for for your club or society as well. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really helpful and insightful for anybody th- wanting to know a bit more about clubs and societies. I suppose, as a final thought, what would be your your final piece of advice to anyone out there who's thinking about coming to Queen's, thinking about um, joining a club or society? What would you say, Joe, is the benefit of being part of the Dragon Dragonslayer Society?
2: You would. It would be really good for just making friends and just having a sort of chilled out session for, you know, if studies are stressing you out, You'll show up to Dragon Slayers and you'll have like a bit of fun like.
0: Excellent. Now, would you
1: agree, disagree? Yeah, look, if you you start me, you know, it could be here all day in terms of the benefits. I think it's a no-brainer, Raymond, really. And I know we all have different personality types. Some of us are more shy than others. Some of us are a wee bit more extroverted. Regardless of your personality type, if you come to university if you're in a university setting and you have an opportunity to join a club or society you have to do it Um, the benefits as, as Joe rightly says of your friendship pool just that support element working your way through university having that release from your studies and particularly for the likes of sports clubs from the physical release and f- physical well being and mental well being Um, also as we talked about in terms yeah. of the opportunity for committee roles and developing yourself in terms of your employability your confidence dealing with things like finance um, which is a big part of of working on a student committee for a club or society as well. Um, Absolutely no-brainer. So, so much um, that's there. And um, yeah, just to have that extra bit of support mechanism. And the big thing as well is if you're a member of an institution like a university, you want to have that sense of identity. Being a member of a a club or society brings you closer and and really uh, embodies that sense of identity that you have with your university. So I would highly recommend it. Amazing.
0: Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you to our guests who are, are listening or watching us here. And if you do have any questions or queries about anything the guys have spoke about, you can email studentrecruitment at qub.ac.uk and you will uh, get to ask me and I can relay those questions on to the guys. Hopefully you've enjoyed that and you've got a bit of an insight. Um, and we really, really hope you'll join us for the next episode of Life at the Lanyon podcast. Thank you.